this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and welcome today. I'm so glad you guys are coming on board in the podcast. We have so many thousands upon people that are coming to the ministry all the time, and new con- new converts, as I call it, and I love it, because we're just getting one big happy family together. And uh, I love doing these podcasts. You know, I love being able to bring some knowledge and revelation, just really food for thought for you. You know, one of the things I like to tell people is this, is if you think about uh, a preacher, or an apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, you know, if you think about any anyone really that holds sort of a position in the church, um, knowing that their job is not to give um, their their conviction or not to give what they perceive is the ultimate truth because only truth is not a word nor definition. Truth is a person named Jesus. And so giving Christ means that Christ that Christ has a voice. And I love that because that means that voice can speak for himself. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And that's a great thing about it. So knowing that when we when we become leaders, a leader's job is not to make sure or be guaranteed that they're giving you uh you know the quote unquote truth when they on them they themselves are still working out their own salvation for and trembling. You know, leaders and servants, which we're all leaders and we're all servants. Every one of us is working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And so because of that, guess what? We're all still seekers. We're all seeking and asking and knocking. No one on this planet has ever arrived yet. And so with that said, it's not the place we share our convictions. It's the place where we begin to share the the, the polarization, the polars, the polarization of, of let's say different views and different sides of scripture. That way it releases the Holy Spirit and the voice that is the person called Jesus to begin to have their way and decide for that person of what's best for them, how they need to have a good outlook on that, and what's healthy for them. It's like saying this, I might like a good, I might look like a good Prada shirt. I might look like a, I might like a good polo or, or Versace shirt, but guess what? It might fit me great and the other people it might not fit at all. And so you notice that with clothes, you notice that with shoes, you notice it with haircuts, you notice it with everything, that there's such a authenticity upon every single human being. And so to really fit people in the same shoes would be, would not be good, right? And that's sort of a cookie cutter, um, religious, pharmaceutical, um, Christianity. And we want to be able to release the Holy Spirit and release the voice of God to have their way in our lives to say, this is the way for you, walkie in it, right? And, and for them to be able to understand the the molding of the, what God has for each one of them. And so with that said, I just love to be able to bring p- forth points and and some revelations and some food for thoughts for people in my podcast. That's, a, that's what I do with my books, my teachings uh, on our website, because I want to be able to give a great um, explanation uh, of points to say, now, which one do you like? You know, what, what do you feel the Holy Spirit's leading you into? To give somebody an option, you know, is like saying this. Yeah, you know, a lot of times in religious circles of Christianity, it's saying this. Here's an, it's presenting an orange to somebody that's never had fruit. Presenting an orange and say, this is the orange. This is how you peel it. This is how you eat it. That's all. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing at all. This is what you do to eat it. And then having that person never to, 
to really to taste anything else when yet the Bible says choose you this day there's a choice there you know you hear that you know so many verses of, of scripture that deals with you know choosing and when you think of choosing it's dealing with the fact of you're you're realizing that you have an option and if you don't have an option or a choice then what you've done is you've chosen something not really out of choosing but you're, you're taking something on some based on someone else's word and there's no presence there to guide you and to what option, what choice is good for you. And so it's really harmful to be able to say, hey, here's an orange, you eat it, not eat it. Well, what if I don't like an orange and do you do like an orange, right? What if your cookie cutter Christianity voice is, you know, um, and, and your belief system might be tasty to you, but what if you give that to me and I say, well, I don't like oranges. Oh, well, sorry, you're going to burn in hell for eternity. You know, you're, you're, you're going to suffer. And you're like, well, wait a minute, hold on, what are you talking about? You know, because because we're giving people a belief system versus giving people the person, which is truth, which is Christ. And so this is where we begin to really understand that we've got to draw the line and say, do I want to be able to give everyone oranges or do I want to give everyone fruit? And if I give people fruit, because the Bible says that they should, you'll know them by the fruit. It doesn't say an apple, an orange, or a banana. It says you'll know them by the fruit, right? They bear. So fruit, fruit is not the same. Apples, oranges, pears, bananas, they all taste totally different, folks. There's nothing about them that takes, tastes anything alike. And so it's bearing forth fruit. So, so all through the Word of God, you hear options and choices. You hear even, even, you know, things such as Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Way, Truth, and Life, you know, Body, Soul, Spirit, uh, you know, Outer Court, Inner Court, Holy Place, you know, uh, God does things in excellent ways, which says threefold. You hear of, you know, um, so many different, you know, there is a good will, acceptable will, and perfect will. You hear of so many different ways and choices and options all through the Word of God, but yet we like to eliminate and cast out all choices and options for people, and we force them to believe our way, which what if you're, what if, what if you're wrong? What if your way is wrong? What if your belief in Christ, oh, well, I know what I believe is right because the Holy Spirit's giving it to me. Okay, well, you out of seven billion people, have got it right and everybody else has it wrong. I think that's called what the scripture says, pride that cometh before a major fall. And so you want to be able to make sure that you're giving people choices and options. And if you're afraid that people might say, well, what if my daughter maybe believes differently and sees the scriptures a little differently, you know, than I do? Here's where you have to begin to understand. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's fear-based. It's egotistical fear-based. Because when you begin to give someone something and you feel as if if I give them an option, what if they choose that other option? Well, let's face it. The Bible says, choose you this day, whom you will serve. Now, there's an option there and a choice which is saying, which is letting you know that that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You won't have a testimony if you didn't have a story. You wouldn't have a story if you didn't have a journey. And you wouldn't have a journey if you didn't go uphill, downhill, if you didn't have options to choose from, if you didn't have an option you chose that made you crumble and fall to the ground, and God picked you back up and says, choose again. You know, option number one. Let's try option number two. That's what causes you to overcome. And so when you think of the understanding of fear-based mentality. Fear says you're gonna. Ha I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to preach to you exactly what I believe, and you can't deviate from that. You know, you gotta. You gotta choose what I choose to believe, and, and as if God really cares what you believe in your theology. Because the truth is, it's not. A, it's not in believing. It's in faith. And that's where people miss it. God never says, "When I come back, I'm looking for belief in the earth." 
God's like, I don't care what you believe. <laughs> what I'm concerned about is will I come back when I look for faith? Would you have faith to move mountains? Do you have faith to believe in me? So theology means nothing to God. It doesn't matter at all. What matters to God is your heart, your level of faith, and, and your love towards people and God. And so you've got to begin to look at this and realize that if you want people to begin to truly fall in love with God, if you want people to truly know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then what you have to do is you have to begin to tell them, look, there's a, there's, there's a lot of things to study out there, and I encourage you to study them all. One thing I loved about my parents is this, is my father always said, you know, every time he ever preached, he always said, you know, hey, don't take what I say as truth. Now, how many preachers do you hear, hear say that today? He would say, don't take what I preach as truth. You go home and study it and, and, and see what God tells you concerning aligning that with scriptures. Because God can talk to you about something totally different through, through, through a sermon that might not be said to anyone else. And so you've got to begin to understand that that's wisdom. A true leader that has, that has confidence and is not afraid to say, I'm still learning and is not afraid to say, hey, you know what? I might I believe what I believe very strongly, but that's me, right? But a, a preacher that is fragmented, broken, doesn't know their identity, you know, uh, feels as if that they're fear-based or maybe egotistical, will be will be one that will always present something to say. This is this is the right way. This is the only way. This is the way you do this. This is the way you do that. Because the truth is, guess what? People don't speak in tongues the same. Hello, people don't lay hands on people in the, the same way to heal them. Hello. People, people see Christ differently. That's why he even said, I'm the lion, the lamb, the fuller soap, the redeemer, the sanctifier, because he knew that he did not want all humanity to see him the same exact way. Hello? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sin Canute. But we are so, we are so, um, pharisaically based on the understanding of how we were raised, especially here in America, that there's only one way, one, one thing, one truth. Here's the key thing. There is one truth. And yet it's not in word form and it's not a definition form. It's in a person with a, that breathes. It's in a person who died and his name is Christ. And, 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 and the great thing I love about that is a belief does not have a voice. Now I want you to think about this. A belief has no voice. A doctrine has no voice. Theology has no voice. What has a voice is a, is a living, breathing organism, a living, breathing person, per se. And that's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Because he's saying, if you want to, if you want to get to know me, then talk to me and I'll talk back to you. And I love the verse that says, come and reason with me. This is where a lot of Christians mess up. Come and reason with me. Reasoning does not mean you come before me. I'm going to tell you how stupid, how dumb you are. And as I do, I will fill you full of what is what my opinion is and of course we know God is truth but I'm just saying hypothetically speaking those type of things when yet God says you reason with me in other words tell me how you feel tell me your options and your opinions let's reason together when you reason together it's like me and my best friend going to Starbucks sitting outside drinking some cappuccinos and talking up a storm about what's going on and what happened and how's their day reasoning means let's talk about a subject and tell me how you feel on the subject I'll tell you how I feel on the subject and we can both entertain ourselves with the ideologies of, of each other and enjoy each other's ideologies and say, you know what? It sounds like to me there might be a little mixture of both. That's powerful. 
Because God does not want to re- disrespect you in the sense of saying you're stupid, you're dumb, you're evil, you know, you don't know anything, you're, you're just the most dumbest thing that walked the planet. Because if he said that about you, he would say that about himself. Because you're made in the image and likeness of God. And God would never call himself stupid or dumb or ignorant, right? And so because of that, what would God do? God would come and reason with his own image. He would come and reason and talk things through, talk things out. Why? Because God is not into disrespecting you, dishonoring you, because you're because he would be dishonoring his own image. What he wants to do is hear you. That's why he gave you a brain, the mind of Christ, and he gave you a voice that he could say, tell me about your journey. Yes, I know all about it. Yes, I know how you believe, but I want you to talk to me. You share with me. There's nothing in this entire universe, folks, better than a personal relationship. A relationship with your wife, a relationship with your husband, a relationship with your children, a relationship with your best friend, a relationship with God. Why? Because all these people I mentioned have a voice. And the reason why they're your best friend is because you don't talk their ears off and never allow them to speak, never allow them to even tell you how their day was, and you just talk their ears off and they sit there and you say, well, it's good that you heard me. Have a good day. No. What you would do is you would say, well, how was your day? Well, my day wasn't so good. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Tell me why. And they would tell you X, Y, Z, what's going on. Wow, well, I'm so sorry. I hope it gets better for you. Well, how was your day? Well, let me tell you about my day. My day was actually pretty good. It's reasoning. It's coming together and talking things through. It's not one-sided. Do you think God just wants one-sidedness from us? No. He wants you, He wants us to make our petition known to Him, come and reason with Him, talk things through. So if God even wants you to talk things through with him and you guys find this common factor of reasoning together, which is powerful, I love that about God. God could look at you and say, you know what, you're stupid. You don't know anything, so I'm going to control you like a robot. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you where to go, and you have no say-so because you're dumb anyway. So I'm going to tell you what to do, and if you don't adhere to every little detail that I say to you, you're doomed. Like, there is no hope for you whatsoever, ever. Now, between me and you, I'll be honest with you, I'll tell you my, my vulnerability. If that was God, I would run as far away as I possibly could from Him, and I would reject Christianity 101%. Why? Because I know the God that I serve, that's God of the universe, is a God that has multiple names that we mentioned earlier, that has tons and tons of powerful creative ideas for each individual person that would, that would, that would call upon his name to say, I need some advice. I need some help, God. Do you think God's going to say, I have some advice for you and it's for the entire world? Because I'm nothing but a cookie cutter God. I'm not creative. No, God would say, what is it for you? Well, you know, this is your life. Let's let's talk things through. You know, I feel what would be really good for you, says the Lord, would become an attorney. I feel what's really good for you, says the Lord, is to become a great, beautiful, powerful housewife, you know, which is a, a huge, huge role and a huge job, right? Well, why wouldn't God call me to be a housewife? Because I'm not a wife, right? And, I, you know, and I'm not an attorney. So the power in, in what we say to creation has got to be out of the mind of Christ that can only express the individualism, the authenticity, the reasoning, the ideas, the uh, opinions even, and then sharing your story of where you are and knowing that you're sharing it in a way that would open up the door for a person to be able to say, that's amazing, I love your journey. And then you can begin to maybe open them up as a good leader and begin to say, well, talk, talk about your journey. Like, I want to hear what you're doing. I mean, it was well, nothing like yours. How many people have you ever spoken to? And they said, man, my, my testimony is nothing like yours. 
And you should say, that's awesome, good, I'm glad it's not. It'd be boring if we had the same testimony, very boring. That's why there's never been on planet Earth and never will be two people that dream the exact same thing. In the exact, down to the detail, there's never been on planet Earth. That's how articulate and powerfully creative our God is, is to begin to expand our horizons to say, I don't care what you believe or your theology or your doctrine, and I don't care about you telling everybody, well, here, here's the way, here's what you need to believe, brother. You got to believe this way. This is the truth, brother. This is the truth. And you're going, really? Okay, well, that shoe doesn't fit me. Well, you either wear it, brother, or you don't. Would make a choice, make a mind up, and yet notice what I just said. Make a choice. Well, you didn't give me a choice. You didn't give it. You gave me option A. That's all. You, you didn't. There's not a choice there. That's all you gave me was just option A. So don't be throwing that word choice around me, right? And so the idea is understanding. It's time that we begin to throw in our conversations powerful perspective, perspective of life, a perspective of God, what we see. Intricately embroidered upon the tablets of our heart of what's happening with us and what God is showing us for us and only us. And then beginning to once again be the good leader that helps open up someone else. A, a good leader always, always, always opens up the other person. Do you know what a counselor does? As a counselor, as a life coach, and as a prophet, you know what I do? A good counselor will never, ever, ever say, this is what you've got to do. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Are there, is there going to be some advice given of things that would be helpful for them to know they've never practiced before? Maybe to get them out of a paradigm or break a, a, a habit? Absolutely. There's got to be some things there to say, try these and come back to me and tell me how, how it worked for you. There's always going to be that. But the bottom line is a, a life coach and a counselor will never say, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to wake up at 8 a.m. in the morning. I want you to take a hot shower, only 30 minutes. Put your clothes on. Put your shirt on first and your pants. And then I want you to go get breakfast and I want you to eat by 9.05. See, I, you know, a leader's never going to say to a person who says, tell me what the Lord says to you about this and this and this. They're never going to give full details. God deliberately said, sorry folks, but I'm going to give you only parts. You prophesy in part, you see in part. You know why? Because the other parts are reserved for me to give to those people, not you. That's the beautiful thing about the kingdom. God never says you give them all the information, all the details, and when God's like, no, that's not your job. That's, you would disrespect the person you're speaking to by giving them every single solitary detail because you're never going to get that. That's why I have you look at a glass dark and dim because you've got to remember to keep yourself humble and realize it's not about what you think is real for you because for you it might be real. Let them see your fruit, not your theology. Let them see your love, not your doctrine. Let them see you in action mode of serving people, which is serving God. They're not concerned if you're standing in church with your hands raised, hundo shundo. That, nobody cares about that. That's between you and God. Nobody should be turned on by that. No offense, it's just they shouldn't. Your worship of God is your worship of God. But what people need to see is you living the lifestyle of servanthood. Patience, humility, going next to a mile, feeding the poor, all these amazing things that Jesus told us to do. These are how we know. We know them by the fruit, multiple, not one, but but fruits, right? We know them by the love they have one for another, not even a love for just one person. Does the Bible say, how am, how am I going to know they're your disciples, Jesus? Because of the love they have for their spouse. 
or the love they have for their, for their son, or they love they have for their best friend. No. Once again, here's your options. Here's your plurality. You'll know them by the love they have one for another, the love they have for everyone. Wow, that's how I know. Yeah. You know why? Because the hardest thing to do is love different people that have different ideologies and different opinions. And it's harder to love people who come on the different, on different sides of the tracks. And it's harder to love people who are, who are, let me put it this way, who are stubborn headed, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe mean spirited, and yet others might be gentle as a lamb and just loving and kind. And it's hard to love people who, who don't want to hug you. Versus people who just want to hug all over you and just kiss all over your face, right? Or just sweet talks you all the time or gives you a pretty smile. It's easy to love those people, but it's hard to give this love to those other people who are hurt or maybe just doesn't want to hear, you know, they're short and sweet and they cut you off in your conversation at times. It's harder. And no wonder why he said love your enemies. Why? Because your enemies are the opposite of your friends. Hello. Hello. God is letting you know in a, in a plurality way. If you want to be able to be a good servant and a good leader, then give people different perspectives of the kingdom. Jesus did. Jesus told four different people different perspectives of how to get saved. One man, do I enter into my mother's womb? Uh, no. Another guy, well, do I need to sell my riches? Uh, wow, okay. You know, you see what I'm saying? There's others, same exact way. And yet those two alone that I just spoke out of the other four ways that God spoke are totally different ways to the kingdom. But yet, us as Americans, we make it about one way. It's one way, brother, the highway. And if that's the case, Jesus, you really missed the kingdom. Like, you have really messed up. Poor Jesus. He doesn't even know how the time what he's talking about, obviously, because he messed it up completely. Here you are giving all these different, you know, definitions and ways to the kingdom differently from everybody you talk to. My goodness, Jesus, get yourself together, bro. All right? No. The great thing about the kingdom, and I'm disrespecting the Lord, what I'm saying is, that's not Jesus. Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to give the message to whom the individual that's standing before me out of honor and respect because he's made in my image. I'm going to give him the perspective of what the kingdom looks like through maybe a parable that I won't give someone else the same parable. Why? Because I don't want them to get hooked in some kind of doctrinal thing because, because what's going to happen in a couple thousand of years, they're going to have this building and they're going to call it denominations and which denominations means nothing more than division. Hello? And even charismaticism is making divisions. And so it's like thousands of years from now, they're going to make buildings and they're going to have creeds and this is what we would believe. This is what we don't believe. If you're part of us and you believe like me, come on board. If not, go to somewhere else. And then it goes on and on and on. And yet the Lord knew what man would do to it. And man would cookie cutter, box it in, make it, make people jump through the hoops and make it hard for people because this is the way we do it, which means this is the way God requires it for everybody. And we just rob people. We just steal, kill, and destroy from people all the time. Well, you know, and you might say, well, that, isn't that the enemy? If you read that chapter, it does not say the devil at all. That chapter on the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy, if you read it, you're talking about traditions and religious people. We're dealing with re religion. Religion loves to do nothing more than steal. Steal your creativeness. Steal your imagination. Because if that's stolen, you can't receive from the Holy Spirit. Still kill, kill, kill your, kill your personality, kill your authenticity. You got to be just like me and dress like me. And, and, and women, you should all wear skirts because that's biblical and that it's American culture has nothing to do with the Bible whatsoever, right? You know, or, you know, and, or destroy, destroy who you are in your identity in Christ 
and make you into one of their robots. That's what religion does. And yet we do it all the time. And we tack the word freedom on it, but yet we really don't want freedom. We don't want other people to get freedom. We just want them to believe like us. You know, what if somebody in your church stood up and said, hey, you know what? I believe this and this, and it totally went against what you believe. How many people in that church would say, why, why are you even going here? Why are you even going to our church? Isn't that right? Well, I go to your church because I'm in not your church. I'm in the house of God. The house of God allows us to be able to believe differently of the way the Holy Spirit has overshadowed us and impregnated us with the truth that we need for our individual lives. But yet it's funny that we'll always say, then what are you doing here? Why are you in our church? You know, if we have a church full of people who, let's say, speak in tongues, and somebody comes in and says, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not, you know, love the Lord, love all this stuff. I, you know, I'm not a big fan of speaking in tongues. How many of you, be honest with yourself, how many of you would say, oh my gosh, that's got to be the devil. We got to get them spirit filled. We got to lay hands on them. They got to start speaking in tongues. Why? Because instantly religion says, make them a robot, make them a robot, make them a robot automatically. Religion raises its head and says, oh my gosh, we, they're, they're opposite, they're opposite, they're opposite. we got to change it, change it, change it. they got to be one of us. And, and, and then all of a sudden we realize we have a, this, this strong cultic mindset as opposed to allowing the Holy Spirit to woo them into maybe something that they want. If they say, hey, you know what, I'd love to experience this, you go for it. But if they say, I'm just not a big fan of that or I don't believe in that, you know, guess what? How many of you it would trigger that religious spirit so bad you would say, I can't deal with this. Oh my gosh, you got to speak in tongues because that's what we do here at this church, right? You know, oh my goodness. And we freak out. We become drama, right? Because we don't allow people to be themselves. We don't allow people to find their way in Christ the way God wants them to be found. And the road is not the same for everybody. Some people, the Bible says God chooses you from the furnace of affliction. Some people can come just as I am and just have a beautiful life and just come to know the Lord. And then other people go through hell in their life and they get to know the Lord that way. Some people just like, you know what? Hey, I love the Lord, but I don't have to be a fanatic maybe like this and this, but I love the Lord more than anything. How many of you would say, oh, then you're, you really don't know the Lord I know. You really don't know, man. If you, if you knew the Lord I know, you'd have so much passion. You'd be, you'd be shouting and you'd be, you know, doing all this stuff. How many of you would do that? Come on, you know you would. You know you would. I, that was me about 15 years ago. But then you sort of put away childish things and you let religion take a rest in your life. And you realize if I allow religion to take a rest, I can just enjoy finally the Holy Spirit doing what the Holy Spirit does best. And that is doing what the Holy Spirit's job is to do. And I can rest myself from being a, being a control freak, from being a fearful, and being egotistical. I can finally put all that to rest and just be me. And just be the light to people. And enjoy hearing other people's stories that are so diverse in mind. That's the beauty of the kingdom, folks. So I want you today to really absorb this. If you have to listen to this podcast over and over again, I would encourage you to do it. Because what God is looking for today is not people that believe they have to believe the same. I would say this to you. Instead of putting on your high horse the word belief or the word um, doctrine or the word theology, you might say, oh, I don't care about theology. Yeah, you really do. Because when it boils down to it, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, you speak in tongues, I'm not a big fan of it. Or I don't do it. Or hey, you know, you believe in... And I don't know, raising the dead. I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe in that, you know, or, uh, or people say, you know, or somebody says, for example, you know, um, I'm really big into, you know, um, I don't know, believe in this or this or this, you know, 
how many of you could honestly just smile and say, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I sort of, I practice this over here. I practice this, you know, speaking in tongues or practices, you know, hey, you know, each its own. That sounds good. How many of you would actually celebrate somebody? Tell me the truth. How many of you would actually celebrate somebody and say, ah, oh, I love your diversity. I love who you are and you're happy and you're joyful instead of saying, hey, you think you're happy, but I can make you happier. Come on, folks, be real with me. You know you've done it before. We all have. As if we're judging that person as if they're not happy. And if they say, I'm, I'm elated, I'm happy, I love my life. And you, and, and you say, oh, you think you're happy now. What are we doing? We're, we're literally judging someone's happiness and their joy. As opposed to celebrating them saying, that's awesome. And then you share your story. And if something from your story resonates with them to say, that sounds intriguing. I like that. Guess what? Ding, ding, ding. The Holy Spirit has struck a chord there. And then you may share what it is that you feel is, is maybe good for you or right for you. That maybe they're inquiring about, you know, hey, seek and you shall find, right? But don't, but the Bible doesn't say you're gonna, you're gonna find and then you're gonna, you know, throw in people's faces, right? So do me a favor today. Just be you. Just be you. Quit controlling people. We don't need no more church police. We don't need people controlling church, making everybody clones after us, feeling like, oh my gosh, if they don't believe like me, something's wrong. It must be the devil, you know? And, and we're, we're always wanting people to be just like we believe. And yet we never really will say that or admit that. But the truth is, we really want people to believe just like us. And that's what religion and Pharisees are all about. Hey folks, I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. As you can tell, I love to get passionate about stuff, you know, like the rest of us. But I love, I love being passionate about seeing people be themselves of who God created them to be and let, let Jeremy's big nose stay out of it and not care, but celebrate them. You know, I love diversity. I'm a person that loves diversity because I am very, now when I say liberal, you know, hear me out. I'm very liberal in my Christian walk, which is basically allowing the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit, do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. That's what I'm liberal about. I'm liberal about Jesus being Jesus with a voice and speaking to people, whether I agree, disagree, don't like it, like it. You know what? God's like, hey, Jeremy, guess what? I really don't care about your opinion or what you feel, <laughs> you know, because it's not you. So, so let's not, let's not throw that out there because really when it deals with somebody else, I don't care what you feel about that. That's if you're not practicing, so what, you know, why is it bothering you? You know, it's almost like making a law for somebody, you know, that it's not part of my life or I don't practice it, but yet I want a law that everybody should do this because I'm this way, right? But yet let people practice what they want to. It's, you know, that's between them and the Lord, not me. My job is to, is to live the light, love all people, share forth, share forth God's fruit and watch the miraculous just flow out of my life. And then if people want to inquire, hey, go for it, right? But if not, I'm not going to turn around and say, man, I sure wish they had what I had, brother. Because you know why I got it? Because I'm right and I got all the truth. And sure enough, they're not, they're not experiencing my truth, the Lord, be it they say they're Christian people. <laughs> How many of us have ever done that? But they say they're a Christian. And yet, you know, God's like, man looks on the outside. God looks in the heart. How on earth can we find ourselves judging someone else's walk with God? It blows my mind, but people do it every day, and it saddens my heart. But how much more do you think it saddens the heart of God? I hope you enjoyed this podcast today. I really do. You guys are awesome. I love my I love my audience. You guys are just family to me. You're friends, and I so enjoy you being part of this. So by the way, 
My book of the month for March 2000, what are we in, 23, is Blueprint for a Stress-Free Life. Can I get an amen? Blueprint for a Stress-Free Life. It's on the homepage of the website, identitynetwork.net. I would encourage you, let's eliminate and eradicate some stress today, can we? Go to the website and download this ebook or purchase the paperback. And if you do, I'll be glad to autograph it for you before my team ships it out to you. So have a blessed, wonderful day and continue to be the light they're called to be. And as I always close, I didn't forget guys, as I always close out with, if you don't like your day, change your thoughts and you change your life. God bless you. This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.